Our reading today is taken from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Have you ever heard a statement made to you by someone that stayed with you for the rest of your life? I remember when my dad, who was an accountant, was invited to speak at our school assembly when I was at primary school. He spoke about trusting God and he used as an example the story of David and Goliath. David selecting five chucky stones. That's stones you can chuck in case you're wondering what I'm talking about. David stepping forward to face and confront Goliath. What I remember from that day, along with the excitement of my eight-year-old self that my dad was speaking at school, was his statement, putting your trust in God is not wishful thinking. That has stayed with me all the way through my life. As we've studied this letter from Peter to several churches, we've seen that the statements that Jesus made to Peter, who saw what Jesus said and did at first hand, impact all of Peter's life and thinking. So Peter uses metaphors of building, linking back to that firm statement of Jesus to Peter, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. Our passage today picks up on Peter's earlier reference from chapter 2, verse 25. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Peter returns to this analogy of shepherd and sheep now, no doubt recalling the entrustment that Jesus gave to him, described in John chapter 21. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter was also informed by the stunning words of Jesus in John chapter 10. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. The people who received this letter are those who have been brought into that one flock. Peter was instrumental in this, 
Check out Acts 10 for the description of that seismic shift. With all, with all of that as background, as well as many references in the Old Testament to shepherds as leaders, both good and bad, it's natural that Peter would use this analogy to give guidelines to the elders in those churches too. Be shepherds of the flock that is under your care. These elders, leaders of multiple smaller churches formed around people's homes. So think not so much of Scottish Presbyterian church elders. Think more towards our own Barnabas community leaders and households of faith. These are guidelines for a wide number of leaders, elders, overseers, trustees, as well as clergy. You could even push it further to say that everyone follows someone, and that's not just on Instagram or Twitter. And if that's the case, then whether you realise it or not, you're leading at least one other person. But let's take the group that Peter is addressing specifically here and apply this to our own lives, whether we're leading something in St Barnabas or whether we have a leadership role in our workplace or locality or other contexts. What can we learn and put into practice? Peter gives three clear instructions here. And continuing the analogy, note that this is not a step-by-step -step guide of how to use your crook or your sheepdog. No, what Peter does is to focus on motivation and character as his three points. Be shepherds, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. This isn't a forced leadership, it's a called leadership called into being shepherds of Christ's flock. Now, there are times when we've been called into leadership that, yes, if I'm honest, there's a sense of must, a necessary pressing on, obedience to get on and perseverance. But if that's all it becomes, a sense of obligation, a sense of drivenness, then the life goes out of leadership. And instead of someone who is tending to a flock, it can become a place of driving the flock or of complete disinterest in the flock, becoming a place of burnout. It's time to stop, refresh. Allow the Lord to lead you beside quiet waters. Allow the Lord to restore your soul. This picture here speaks to me of Psalm 23, where David describes the Lord as his shepherd doing exactly that. We need to engage with the pattern that Jesus gives Peter. He reminds him of love as the motivation for feeding the sheep. Return to refresh. Let Jesus remind you of his words to you. Remain in the love of God to restore that willingness. And then go back out to take care of the sheep. Let's take a moment now to reflect and receive.
shepherds, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. I'm sure that none of us are in it for the money, but are there other aspects to dishonest gain? Whatever they may be, the strong counter that to that is this question. Are we eager to serve? Are we ready to offer our graft and gifts to serve others? Be shepherds, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. This is such a challenging one. In our desire to see God's kingdom come, do we move into a command control type of leadership or do we use the knowledge that we've come across to show off to people? Both can become lording it over others. The counter to that is being examples to the flock and this is the challenge. Do you allow people to have access to your life so that they can see the troubles as well as the celebrations. Peter saw at first hand the example of Jesus' life, Jesus who had every right to lord it over everyone, got down on his knees and washed his disciples' stinky, worn, noxious feet. Jesus invited his disciples into his garden of tears. And now to the promise. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. This references the victor's crown in athletics contests or the golden crown given by a Roman general to a soldier who was the most valiant in the battle. The reward is not in the present time, it's a greater reward beyond at that time when the chief shepherd appears. Peter continues with advice to those who are younger to submit yourselves to your elders. Elders is not a description of older people, though attention and respect for Christians who are mature and have so much wisdom to bring is vital in our community life. No, in this case, it's a continuation of attitudes to the overseers, the shepherds, the leaders. Perhaps there was an issue with the young, more independent types that Peter was bringing into the light. And then there is this word for everyone. All of you clothe yourself with humility towards one another. This is for leaders followers, everyone. This has to be an action, like putting on clothes. It has a sense of that happening every day. After all, you wouldn't leave the house without getting dressed, would you? Humility doesn't come naturally. Outside the Jewish tradition, it wasn't even regarded as a virtue by the people of that time. Peter is a clear example of living humbly. Look how he starts this passage. He doesn't say, I'm the top elder, I'm the founder of the church. He says, I am your fellow elder. The example of Peter's life was well known and it's even written down for posterity. 
his life was far from perfect in relation to the chief shepherd. His path to that crown of glory was like a V-shaped valley, down the steep slope of denial and desertion, before his reinstatement. Three times Peter denied knowing Jesus, then he deserted him at the cross. Peter knew what it was to have his pride opposed, to be humbled. He also knew the extraordinary favour of God as he received life and restoration from Jesus. Peter lived out what he teaches in this passage. He is an example of humility. In that V-shape, Peter follows Jesus, who humbled himself, who went through the suffering, laid down his life for his sheep, who conquered death and rose again to bring people like us into one flock, led by the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you don't know Jesus as the Lord of your life yet, take a moment now to invite him to become exactly that. You won't regret it. So what does it look like for us to act with humility towards one another? Well, we could take those three motivations we looked at earlier as a starting point and put them into practice every day. There's more than enough in these. Be willing. Be eager to serve. Be examples. And when we realise we've messed up, when our pride trips us up, we can return to Jesus the shepherd and overseer of our souls, who demonstrated the love of God for us and who cares for each one of us deeply, passionately, consistently, now and forever. Amen.